Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. I believe the Lord gave me something to share with you that's not in my notes. Um, so just receive it as if the Lord was saying this. I'm going to come to you in a new way this year. I'm coming in a way to restore my blessing. But I want you to understand it's my blessing. It's not the blessings of the world. I'm going to restore my blessing. I'm going to come to you in a new way this year. It's very important that you understand it's me. I'm going to come to you and meet you where you are. But I invite you. I invite you to turn your attention to me. I'm going to come to you this year. 2022 is going to be year of my presence. I'm going to restore my blessings. Alright? Turn to Philippians chapter 3. Just going to have to give me a minute. Thank you, praise team. Evan... In the instrumental music this morning, just wave after wave of God's presence has been coming for me. Sorry. We're in a series. Today's the last Sunday of this series called Recalibrate. That's the word I got for the new year. It's not a biblical word, but it is a uh, biblical principle. Recalibrate means to re-examine and adjust or correct to the standard by which something is measured. That standard for the believer is Jesus Christ. To recalibrate our life would be to adjust our whole life to Jesus. We've been looking at Philippians 3, 13 and 14. In the King James it says, This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, that's the calibration point. That's the goal. That's the standard. That's the true center of everything. And we started out talking about resetting our life to Christ. And it is so easy to get caught up with the things of this world and get lost in the trappings and the troubles of life. And uh, it's like a computer. You know, if you search the web at all, if you search the web a lot, I can guarantee you, you get so much junk on your computer that pretty soon it's going to lock up on you. It's going to malfunction. It's going to it's gonna just, you know, get to the place that it's really not of use at all. And uh, sometimes when it locks up, if you're on a Windows computer, if you'll hit Control, Alt, and Delete, It will restart your computer and it will reset it to the manufacturer's specifications or the settings. For the Christian, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus was the man God intended all mankind to be. And when you come to Christ, there's a divine reset that you're made a new creation in Christ and, and Jesus becomes Lord. He becomes the focus of our lives. We're no longer, uh, we no longer have to add things and do things out of duty. Now it's a privilege to live in the focus of His presence 
We don't have to add anything to it because that would be our righteousness. That we can never make things better by our righteousness. It's His righteousness. We have the very righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We have Christ. We've been placed in Christ and Christ is in us. And all of that is also true. But the question comes, now what? I found the one thing that gives me life, forgiveness, cleansing, and peace. I'm right with God. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. What now? Well, look at verse 13 again. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and I reach forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The prize is to be like Christ. But I participate. I'm a part of it. If we look back to Paul's own words, Romans 8.29 in the New King James says, For whom He, God, foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. The message, I love this, because it says it so plainly to me, God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. The Son stands first in the line of humanity He restored. We see the original and the intended shape of our lives there in Him. That's the upward call in Christ. It's to be like Jesus. And I can hear somebody say, yeah, right. Well, how do we do that? Paul says in, in verses 13 and 14, I mean, excuse me, in verses 10 and 11, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Here, it, it, Paul just gets carried away when he says the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. He's counted everything lost for the excellence. And he gets carried away and then he says this in verse I love this in the Amplified, verse 10. For my determined purpose is that I may know Him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly, that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from His resurrection which He exerts over believers." And that I may so share His sufferings as to be continually transformed in in spirit into His likeness, even to His death, in the hope that if possible I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in this body. Determined purpose. For my determined purpose. Purpose. What, what does it mean to have a determined purpose? I love the instrumental music this morning. And I don't know about you, but I love violin music. And uh, it seems like the violin in every orchestra has an emotion to it. It has a feel. And uh, I love violin. Would you like me to play something for you? Some people are shaking their head no. The reason, there's a reason for that. They've heard me play before.
applause, please. What, what emotion did you feel? Pain. Now, everything that needs to be made music is already in the violin. Everything necessary. The problem's not with the violin. Let me show you. Abby, this is yours. Come on up here. Thank goodness. Play us something, would you? Yeah, that's a little bit better, huh? Abby, when did you start? I started playing in like the fourth grade. In the fourth grade. Did you take lessons? Yeah, for like five years. All right. And uh, you play very well. Thank you. <laughs> She's a senior, but uh, you love the violin, right? Yes, it's a yeah. lot of fun to play. Okay. And so, have you perfected the violin? Not at all. How long would it take you to? Forever. Forever. So you could play the rest of your life and still not completely get ready or perfect what the instruments you've got, right? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Give her a hand, would you? You get my point. God has given us everything necessary, but I've got to participate. I've got to have a determined purpose. From the fourth grade, Abby began to practice. She began to take lessons. She may have sounded a little better than me when she started. She had to learn about the instruments. She had to learn the instruments. She had to play. And let me just tell you this. Why, why couldn't I play? Because I didn't have the determined purpose. How many of you have bought an instrument? That you had every intention of learning to play? Raise your hand. Where is that now? Huh? In the closet? Somebody said in the first service, I gave it away. Why is it that we don't carry through? Why is it that we don't know? Why is it we don't press in? Why? You see, I've got to participate with what Christ has done and what Christ has given me. My determined purpose... And listen to what Paul says in verse 10 again. For my determined purpose is to know Jesus. Now that word know is gnosko. It means to perceive. To know experimentally. In other words, I, I experience it. I experiment with it. It's, it's real to me. It's experiential. And let me tell you something. When you come, and when I'm talking about knowing God, I'm not talking about knowing the facts. I'm not talking about knowing the history. I'm not talking about that you've done the processes and and you've made your decision and you've committed your life to Christ and you've been baptized and you've joined the church. And you, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about experiencing Jesus. I sat here this morning and wave after wave of the Lord's presence was upon me. Sitting in my chair, I did not stand for worship. I sat in His presence. 
Now, I did not always do that. Because when I first became a Christian, my, my Christianity was mechanical. In other words, I had believed what I was supposed to believe. I'd bab- been baptized. I'd done. And now I was reading my Bible and trying to understand. And it was all about a mind game. And when I began to f- experience the presence of the Lord, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I'd get a, like a headache. It wasn't an ache. It was just a, it was just a congestion, it felt like, in my head and all of this. And somebody taught me that the word glory was kabod. And kabod is the weightiness of God's presence. You know what I'd do when I would get that going on? It'd be in worship and I'd get this heavy head and I'd just think, well, my goodness. So I'd take an antihistamine. I just thought I was having sinus problems. And somebody told me, why don't you just ask the Lord what He's doing? And when I began to ask the Lord, I began to experience... I never had to take an antihistamine again in worship. Because I began to experience, experientially, the presence of Christ. I believe it's unique for everybody. I believe God wants to manifest His loving presence to you personally in a way that only you and Him know. But here's what your part is. Ask Him. Invite Him. Let Him express Himself to you. Sometimes, have you ever had one of those thoughts from left field and you knew it wasn't you? Sometimes God just wants to say, He won't, I I don't hear, I've heard one time an audible thing. The rest of the time it's always, but I've learned how to participate with what I feel like is God speaking to my spirit. And as you, you experience and you experiment and it becomes personal to you. And you are in a relationship. Literally the word to know means to have a union of intimacy. To have a union of love. God wants to show you. It's, it's, it's a union that is intimate and supernatural and transcendent and mystical and real. And it's for you. It's for me. God is not far off. The risen Christ is risen. He's alive. The Holy Spirit is real. And He's present. Invite Him. Get to know Him. That was Paul saying, I want my determined purpose is to come to know Christ. That I may progressively know Him personally. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly. Another thing I began to do is I began to write out my prayers. And so when I'd ask God a question, I'd just wait. Well, I started putting them on the computer now. And so when I'd just write out my question to God, or I was making a request to God, I'd just wait. And when something came to mind, I put it in italics, and I just acted like that was God speaking to me and giving me an answer. It's amazing what God will say to you when you be quiet and let Him talk. But you've got to learn, and you've got to participate, and you've got to experience Him. 
You've got to come to know Him. My determined person, Paul, I mean, my determined purpose, Paul says, is to know Him personally. To be so personally and practically appropriating Christ Jesus so that He becomes the dominating power in and over our whole being and circumstances. And to know the power of His resurrection. That power outflowing from His resurrection which it exerts over believers. We become so accustomed to biblical words that we lose the reality of its meaning. The resurrection. Can you imagine what power it took to raise Jesus from the dead? And it says, the Scripture says God raised Him from the dead. It says Jesus raised Himself. And it says the Holy Spirit raised Him from the dead. The whole Godhead was involved in the resurrection. Can can you imagine what power? It was literally recreative, regeneration power. Romans 1, Paul's own words. Remember, we let Paul define what he means when he says power of resurrection. Romans 1, 4, Paul says, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 that we might see what is the exceeding greatness of His power, God's power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. And that word seated is a cathedral. And what it means is that God set Him in a place of complete authority over all for all time. That's the power of the resurrection. And Paul's saying, I want to know the power that's outflowing from His resurrection, which is working in the lives of believers. When Jesus raised Himself from the dead, He showed that He had power over the physical world and the spiritual world. He had power over the human realm as well as power over the demonic realm because they'd have held him captive if they could. And Paul says, that's the kind of power I want to experience. What would be the benefits of resurrection power? It would be the power of life, of true regeneration. It'd be regenerating power. Something coming out of nothing to become what God intended it to be. It would be power over sin. Sin would never again have power and authority over your life. It would be power over temptation. It would be power to endure trials. It would be power to serve. That ability to respond and see what God would do. It would be power to witness. To say what is true concerning Christ and watch it change your life. A couple of weeks ago in my office, I prayed with a lady. And she and I both, as we were praying, and there was witnesses there, as we were praying together, she and I both experienced the work of God. She knew it and I knew it. And it was something God was doing. And she was just participating with me in repeating a prayer after me. It changes everything when God is present. To know the power of the resurrection. Power to change lives. And to know the fellowship of His sufferings. We don't like that. 
Why talk about sufferings when you've talked about the resurrection power? I believe Paul is saying, I want to know Jesus and so be formed into His likeness that I will experience what He experienced in this life. Why did Jesus suffer as a man? I'm not talking about suffer for sin. We know that. I'm talking about why did He suffer as a man? Jesus was absolutely perfect. Why would we want to kill Him? Why would we want to push Him away? Because He was absolutely perfect. Because He was holy. Because He was set apart and He represented the righteous God. Second Timothy 3.12, Paul's own words. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Jesus suffered as a man because of a world caught and enslaved to sin. If I share in His resurrection life, surely I will feel what He felt in this world as I become more and more like Him. Jesus said, if they've called me the master of the house of Beelzebub, which was the devil, how much more will they call those of my household? Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, you will have troubles and trials. And I've learned something. As I've prayed and gone through what we've been going through since 2020 and 21, and really it's been longer than that. And I've seen the world caught up in its sin and the, it, it, to see what it's doing to our nation. Jesus, I, I suddenly realized Jesus was not irritated by the world's sin. He was hurt. He was broken hearted. He was burdened. Because He was seeing what that sin was doing to His people whom He loved. Folks, we can be mad... We can be mad as hell against sin. When's the last time it broke your heart for what it's doing to people? What it's doing to our nation? When's the last time that we understood that God so loved this world that He gave Jesus for the forgiveness and the cleansing and the power over all sin? And we want to join the fight. Listen, here's how you join the fight. Get a broken heart. For what the world is going through. Be a healer. Be a redeemer. The sin grieved Him. And listen to me, the more we become like Jesus, the more we will experience in a measure what the world did to Him. Let me tell you, when you grieve for sin, the world will hate you. The world will push you away. They don't want anybody... Showing them anything than what they want to do. But God's coming this year. God's coming this year to restore His blessing. Here's the good news. What terrifies us about suffering, here I want you to hear this, our suffering will only be in this world. And then never again. The world's suffering 
But let me say it this way. The world's joy and peace will only be in this world. The suffering for them will be forever and ever for all eternity. I think we get the better deal. The sufferings of this present time cannot be compared to the glory that we're going to experience. And the glory that they think they're experiencing right now is going to be nothing compared to the suffering that they're going to experience. You see, suffering has a purpose. Suffering does a work. It says it continually transforms in spirit into His likeness, even to His death. His death is not a sacrifice for sin, but as His self-sacrifice all through His life to the call of the Father. In other words, here's what Paul is saying. This suffering is going to continually transform me in spirit into His likeness, even if it looks like it's going to be death. I'll go all the way with Him, just like He did. There's no turning side. There's no turning back. I'm going to have follow-through in my life, no matter what that looks like. And then verse 11, it says, If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now that sounds like Paul is saying, In the hope that one day I'll be raised from the dead myself and be with Jesus in glory. That may be true, but the word for resurrection in verse 11 is absolutely unique. It's never used again in Scripture. It's the only time it's ever used. And literally, it could be translated as the out-resurrection from among those who are dead. The out-resurrection among those who are dead. And so I believe the Amplified probably has it pretty close. It says that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in this body. In other words, there's no doubt Paul's convinced he's going to be resurrected in the end time. It's verses 21 and 22, or 20, yeah, 21 and 22 of chapter 3. But I like to think that what Paul is saying is, I want to get to the place in this race that I'm so like Jesus, I will be obviously different from the world. I'll be different from its system. I'll be different in everything, in every way that detracts from the glory of God and from Jesus Christ. That God may reproduce in my life the kind of life that was lived by Jesus Himself while He was in this life, in on this world, glorifying the Father. Well, why would I say that? Why was it not the last resurrection? Why was it a resurrection out from the dead? Because verse 12 and 13 and 14, he says, Not that I have attained this ideal, or have already been made perfect or complete, but I am press on to lay hold, to grasp, and make my own that for which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me His own. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made this my own yet, But one thing I do, it's my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on, I stretch forth toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. He's saying, I hadn't got there, folks. I've not reached maturity or fulfillment or the completion, but I follow after. I purpose to it. 
This one thing has my attention. And he uses racing language, running language, uh, stretching forth to the goal. I'm reaching out for that which has grabbed a hold of me. The goal of the high calling. The supreme prize. So I practice. I press in. I study. I pray. I submit my life to align with Him. I hunger for revelation. I'm ready for anything and everything. I'm not there yet, but that's where I'm headed. With all that's in me. For my determined purpose is to know Jesus Christ. To respond to the Holy Spirit. To know Jesus and make Him known through my life day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, until... Until... Well, when's this all? Until... That's what it means to recalibrate. To get my life back in the place where my determined purpose is to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that I know what He's saying and I know what He's doing and I know what He's up to and I receive it. And it doesn't matter what comes my way because my focus is not on what's coming. My focus is on the One who's in charge of everything that's going to be. Verses 10 and 11 is my life verse. My determined purpose is to know Jesus Christ. Intimately. I want to know how beautiful He is. Did you know that Philippians, while Paul was writing chapter 3, he was in prison? He's in prison in Rome. He didn't know what the outcome of that was going to be. It's been ten years since he had first preached at Philippi. False teachers had got in there. Things had kind of been going sideways. All these things are happening. Epaphroditus had come to him and he'd gotten sick. Now he's writing this letter talking about him. But the whole thing about Philippians is about the joy of his life in Christ. Now you've got to understand, he's in prison. And he's stretching forth to the goal. He can't go nowhere. Everything's coming at him. And Paul is saying that none of that has my attention. This is 30 years after Jesus has ascended. And Paul is writing to us saying, I'm still headed that way. Come join me. I press on. Because in chapter 1, verse 21, Paul had said this, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For to me, let me ask you a question. What's life to you? For to you, life is fill in the blank. If God has resurrection power and everything is in His hand, why would we try to find life in anything other than Jesus Christ? This year... This is what recalibrate is, is getting my life back in perspective to who Jesus is and coming to know Him. He's real. He's here. He's available. He's inviting you to participate. Each week, 
we've closed in a prayer together. This morning, I want us to close with Paul's... Let's make Paul's prayer personal. I want you to stand with me. Now, before I'd say it and then you would repeat, this morning, I want us to say it together. Now, the words are going to be up here. Go ahead and put the first ones up. The words are going to be up here. I want us to start and I want us to read this together. But I, I want it to be from your heart to Him. I want you to pray this prayer. If it, it, it's not anything religious. I want it to be the cry of our heart to Him. So as I start, you start reading with me, okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, for my determined purpose is that I may know You that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with You, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of Your person more strongly and more clearly, that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from Your resurrection which it exerts over my life. And that I may so share your sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into your likeness, even to your death. In the hope that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. I confess my total dependence upon you. Make it so. Amen. Will you receive that? Will you let that be your prayer to Him this morning? More than anything else, God's presence is here to meet with you. This morning, if you would like someone to agree with you in prayer or pray over you about something that's going on, Pastor Chris is in the back corner over here, over to my left, your right. He would be happy to pray with you about anything that's going on this morning. Anything that you want to pray about, He's there for you. I have one quick scripture and a few announcements before we leave. In that same book, Philippians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul said, Let us live up to what we have already attained. Do not let Satan lie to you and tell you, You don't feel, my, you don't feel the Holy Spirit. You, there's nothing you can do. Put into practice the truth that you have already comprehended that God has already put onto your heart. If all you know right now and all you can do is say, God loves me, He died for me, walk it out. Tell somebody else, God loved me enough to die for me. And you keep doing that until you comprehend the next thing. It's a step. It's a process, just like the violin. You don't play concertos the first day you take it out of the case. But you take it out of the case, you learn how to hold it. You learn how to tune it. So don't let the devil lie to you and tell you you're not good enough or smart enough to walk out this life. You are and you can. Amen? All right. We've got a lot of announcements. Go to newcovenantlandpasses.com if you can't keep up. It's all on there. You can print it out, put it on your refrigerator so you can remember later. Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock in the conference room, we have restarted our study of Ephesians with Jess McCabe. If you were a part of that and you want to join again, jump in there. Nine o'clock in the conference room, study with Ephesians. All right. There is middle school and high school youth tonight at the NCC West building at 430. If you're in that age group, go over there, join them. Have a good time. 
Our life groups and NCC kids have started back on Wednesday nights at 6.30. Look on our website or grab a directory out in the lobby and find one that speaks to you where you want to be, what you want to participate in. Um, one new group that we have that's going to start on January 27th. It's brand new. We haven't had this before, but I believe that uh, God has ordained this for this time. January 27th at 6.30. It's a Thursday night. A Thursday night at 6.30 in that same conference room. Our own Anita Janke is going to lead a group called Grief Share. If you have experienced loss or grief in your life and you need help to deal with that, there's no timeline on this. It doesn't matter when it happened. If you're still healing from the wounds of grief, come join Anita and a few others. 6.30 on Thursday night. Start January 27th. Uh, it's their standalone courses, so you can come at any time. It's going to be 13 weeks, but you, you don't have to sign up for all of them. You come just participate where you can, and I believe God wants to help heal you from that, and she's going to be instrumental in that. It's all biblical. It's going to be a good time. All of our 2021 giving statements have been sent out. If you were expecting one and have not received an email or a written report in the mail, or the snail mail, come talk to the church office. Give them a call. Uh, call the pastor. Somebody say, hey, I want my giving report, and we will get that back out to you. Um, lastly, February the 11th. Men, if you're married, if you're a husband, listen to me right now. You need to hear this. February the 11th, we're having a church-wide Valentine's event. Everything has been planned out. Give us 20 bucks. You will get a catered meal entertainment. Your wife will be pleased that you thought of her. Uh, you will be richly rewarded. Amen? So February the 11th. Buy tickets from myself or Tammy, my wife. Uh, they're 20 bucks, and I said catered meal, entertainment. Uh, it's going to be a good time. If you came to the one a year, uh, a year ago, not last year, but the year before, you know it's going to be a good time. So let me pray for you. Let's get out of here. Father God, thank you that you want to grow with us. You want to do life with us. Father God, you want to grow us. You want us to grow in you. Help us this week to walk with you, abide with you. Let our lives be a part of what you are and what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all be blessed and have a great week together. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 